The Sports Dance. Hey everyone and welcome to The Sports Dance. I am your host Greg and it has been a chilly week here in Massachusetts, but one place is definitely heating up, Houston. That's right, we are going to get right into the Houston cheating scandal in Major League Baseball. If you don't know by now for some reason, if you don't follow baseball, that's fine. I'm here to give you the details and give you my thoughts on the whole situation. It's kind of what we do here. So the Astros of the 2017 World Champion Astros are being accused by not only just outsiders, one of their own players has admitted it, one of former players I should say, that they used a camera in center field that would relay back pitches to the dugout so they could tip off their hitters of what to expect coming. So it wasn't just in general, the Astros apparently though, Major League Baseball is now opening up an investigation into other teams outside of the 2017 Astros. It includes the 2019 Astros because, well, once you start cheating, why would you stop? The weird thing is, wouldn't you also look at the 2018 Astros? Seems like an odd choice. They're also looking at the Red Sox because, well, apparently one of the main schemers in all of this was Alex Cora and also Carlos Beltran as a player at the time, was also apparently heavily involved. So it's an interesting thing. It all kind of started. It's a fallout from former Astros pitcher Mike Fears telling The Athletic that the 2017 Astros used a center field camera that fed to a monitor near the dugout to steal and relay signs. He brought into question the methods used by people involved in at least the past three World Series. So the question is, essentially being discussed is one, What should punishment be for the Astros if this does come out as being a true statement, which if you've seen the the Twitter videos that have been circulating, there are some kind of proof that this did happen. If you listen to it, you can hear a trash can specifically during a Blue Jays game where Marcus Stroman's pitching being hit every time a changeup is apparently coming. So apparently if there's other video evidence like this, you can make the definite case that yes, cheating was involved. So here's the thing. I have a strong opinion on this because, well, why not? In general, first, let's just say this. Sign stealing in baseball has been a thing forever. Everybody has always tried to steal everyone's signs. If you're not trying to steal signs, are you playing Major League Baseball? Probably not. I mean, you do it in football, you do it in baseball, any sport that there is a sign to steal, you try to steal it. Now, obviously, using technology gives you an upper hand, and also it's way more critiqued and criticized because of it. Spygate with the whole videotaping practices to now center field cameras being used. I mean, the idea of cameras being used has been an issue with sign stealing in baseball for a while now. Teams always accuse other teams of doing it. Teams always deny. But this might be one of the first times ever, or the first time ever, a player of that team, whether current or former, has come out saying, yep, yeah, no, we did that. This is what we did specifically. This is what happened. So clearly the relationship with the Astros and Mike Fears, not the best didn't end greatly apparently on good terms at all because why else would he just blatantly blow up the 2017 world series astros run by saying yeah they cheated we cheated it's a weird thing to admit so now the question becomes how do you punish the astros do you strip away the world series what do you do about this how do you fix this whole situation well first things first you can't. What's taking away the 2017 World Series going to do? You take it out of the history books, guess what? Those guys still have the rings. Those guys still have the banners. They still have the celebration. Going into the past and taking away something that's already happened, already has been celebrated, already all of that, it's not going to do anything. It's like Reggie Bush's Heisman not existing. 
He won the Heisman. He was the best player. It doesn't matter if he got money, if his family got money for playing football. It doesn't take away what he did on the field. It doesn't matter what school he was at. He was going to be the Heisman winner because Reggie Bush was a freak of nature. It's the same thing when you look at Spygate, all these other things. Patriots were still going to win the Super Bowl. Didn't matter. Steroids in baseball. Guys take steroids all the time. Whether you want to think it or not. And I think of this the same way as I think of steroids in baseball. I said this to Kraft Fruit Sports the other night. But in general, I don't see that much of a difference between taking steroids in baseball and trying to sign steel no matter what you do. Even if you get the signs. Even if you know what's coming. You still got to hit the ball. You still got to put it in play. And you still got to get on base. It's the same with steroids. Guys, oh, he took steroids? Okay. How many home runs did he hit? One. Because guess what? D. Gordon got caught with steroids. Hit one home run. It's not not always going to make you the strongest, the best at anything. You can steal signs. Guess what? There were still guys on the Astros who stunk. So therefore, I see it as you still have to be able to actually play the game for any of this to make a difference. And there's really not many that can do that. So sure, they may have gotten tipped off. Is it wrong? Clearly. They're cheaters. They cheated the system beyond the normal way of cheating the system. They use technology instead of just themselves to game everybody. And it happens. I mean, I'm sure other teams do it that have not been caught. But you don't take away a World Series from 2017, at least to start off with as a, ho, 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 this is what we're going to do. It's like vacating wins, taking away Heisman's, like I said. Makes zero sense. What you do is you take away draft picks. You find them a good large amount. Not like 100K. You hit them with a few million dollar fine. You take away a few first round, second round picks. You make it so it actually makes a dent in their ability to compete with everybody else. It's the only way it's going to work. It's the only way to get the message across to the rest of the league that, hey, we do not tolerate this type of behavior. Now, I am a Red Sox fan. I've said this before. So obviously, it would stink. It would suck. It would be awful if the Red Sox also were found guilty of any of this and had the same things happen. Because obviously, you want your team to be able to compete with everybody else. But if they were cheating, if they were doing things that were definitely a lot more over the line than just the normal, typical, hey, he's tipping his pitch, this is what's coming, or hey, catcher's been doing this, clearly it's a fastball, whatever, here, I'll try to give a signal from that second base. It's a lot different than that. Using technology is an unfair advantage. I've said this now a few times, but in general, obviously, just not something you should do. The last time anything like this actually happened was the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2017 when they had the whole scheme in which they stole scouting information from the Astros computerized database. Again, somehow, Astros involved. Just odd circumstance. Before that, they were fined a $2 million fine and had to forfeiture of two top draft picks. So if that's what they get for, you know, scouting, stealing scouting information... Which, what do you consider worse? Stealing signs? Stealing information? I'm not going to lie. In this situation, I feel like stealing information way worse than stealing signs. The reason being, you're stealing signs in a game. Yeah, it's not great. You're not supposed to do it with technology. It's, not, it's, a, it's a big thing. It's a, it's a boo-boo. Not even a boo-boo. I don't even know. I don't know why I said boo-boo. That's a sound of weird. You don't do it, though. Stealing information involved hacking into, like, the database, using passwords, breaching. I consider that far worse and more of an invasion into another team and their private information than using a camera to steal signs. Because, again, how much does it really help knowing a change-up's coming Because also, you can switch signs. If you have any idea of what they're doing, you can just mess with them. 
And then, I mean, the points mute. They know then that's not the sign. They don't know what the signs are. The signs get changed. You could change the signs every single inning. A lot of times do. I mean, Verlander is like a huge fear guy of getting signs stolen. So clearly, he changes them all the time. I'm surprised other teams don't do that. Especially nowadays with the technology they know is out there and potential for this to happen. But yes, I still think, you know, a million dollar fine, at least forfeit a draft pick or two, get the point across. Make the point made. I know MLB put in new rules this year to try to even clamp down on it. But this isn't from this year. It's from 2017 before those rules were in place. So you have to think about that, put that into consideration, and then go from there. Again, it's wrong, but I take it as the same way as steroid use. If you're not caught, and if you're not actually doing anything exceptional with the information or product you're given, doesn't matter. I get they won the World Series. A lot of that had to do with their pitching as well. And guess what? To win the World Series, they still had to play really well and do everything correct in October. Like, the 2017 wasn't just winning because they stole signs. You can, I would, I'd put money on it. That's, they were one because they were talented. It's that simple. So that's all I got to say about that situation until there's more information out on it. But we'll move away from that because, well, why not get into even just more controversy? The NCAA last week had two potential number one draft picks, both in the NFL and NBA have huge scandal issues. Chase Young accepted a money from a family member, a loan, or a family friend, paid it back, NCAA found out, wanted to suspend him like the entire rest of the season. Obviously ridiculous. First it came out, oh, it's probably going to be four games, might be more, could be less. But if it was at least four games, that means he would have missed games against Maryland and Rutgers, which don't matter when you're 50-point favorites. But then also Penn State and Michigan, which would matter. One, for Ohio State's national championship potential. And for Chase Young to show off the fact that against good competition, he can still dominate a game. Then the other issue you had was in basketball with James Wiseman, who is considered ineligible because Penny Hardaway, 10 years ago, when he was 9, not Penny Hardaway, obviously, when James Wiseman was like nine, he got helped, his family got help moving by Hardaway, who is now the Memphis coach where he went. And it's considered a booster, it's considered illegal. Memphis declared James Wiseman ineligible to play as of yesterday after his family and him dropped a lawsuit against the NCAA. So that's awesome. And if you can't tell, That's sarcasm. It's not awesome. One, the Chase Young thing never should have been a thing. It was a family friend gave him a loan to fly out his girlfriend to the biggest game of the college season for him, which was the Rose Bowl. He paid it back. It's not like he took any extra off the top. He was very open and honest about it. He got reduced to two games. Cool. Still dumb that he even has to miss two games. Wiseman, on the other hand, freshman, Superstar could be the number one draft pick. Now it just has to essentially go prep for the NBA draft and hope his stock doesn't take a hit. This is what's going to lead to the NBA reinstating the 18 right out of high school can be drafted thing because the one and done is terrible for things like this. This kid is wasting a year of talent a year of improving his game, a year of development because the NCAA thinks that when he was nine years old, Penny Hardaway helping him, his family move somehow influenced where he went. At that point, Hardaway was not a coach. At that point, there was no clue that he was going to be the Memphis head coach or that this kid was going to be an amazing Amazing talent. It just ended up happening. 
You don't think there's other star athletes who have gone to a school where maybe a family friend coaches or somebody they know works there or something like this or that has influenced them? Get out of here. Like, just stop being ridiculous. And the NCAA is the most ridiculous of them all. To sit there and go and suspend a kid and make him ineligible for the season because of something like moving your family or getting help moving his family. Just, what are you doing? One, you're taking a star product off the court that will get more eyeballs on your sport, which means more money in CAA. And two, well, there is no two because you're taking money off the floor. You're taking a potential team that could make a run in the NCAA tournament. I don't really know how good Memphis is this year. But you're taking that opportunity away from them for no good reason. None. There is not a good reason to do this. So it makes zero sense of why they are. But it's the NCAA. They do what they want. They play by their own rules. And they try to make as much money as they can off of everybody even if it is at the other, if it, even if it's at students, athletes' own demise. So yeah, good job NCAA. And sticking in college sports in general, because we don't need to talk more controversy. I just need to talk about that a little bit. College football rankings. Let's get into that real quick, because honestly, we're just gonna do the top picks. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. So let's just get right into it. Number one was LSU. Not shocking after they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You had Coach O going nuts, saying roll tide, F that, in the locker room, which printed on a shirt. Print up the shirt, put it out there. People will buy that. They'll eat it up. It'll be fantastic. Then you have Ohio State, who just completely murdered Maryland football. Clemson, and then Georgia beats out Alabama for the number four spot. So this is where it gets interesting. You have Alabama at five, Oregon at six, Utah at seven, and Minnesota at eight. Now, number nine is Penn State. We're not worrying about them unless Minnesota loses because, well, obviously Minnesota has the win over them this past week, which dropped Penn State from four to nine. But instead, let's look at how this could all play out. Alabama, for the first time, could miss the college football playoff. That happens only if LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oregon win out. Because honestly, if you don't put Oregon in, if they win the Pac-12 and sit at 11-1 or 10-1, whatever the record is, over a one-loss Alabama who didn't play in their conference championship or win it, then we can see how skewed this committee is. The SEC bias would be undeniable if you put LSU and Alabama back into the college football playoff because, well, at this point, you assume LSU would be Georgia. That way, Georgia's out. Alabama would stay out. Oregon would have beaten Utah, who's number seven right now, giving them a huge boost and win, and that should jump them into the top four. The only other way this all pans out is LSU has to lose at least once. And it has to, I don't know, I don't even know. LSU has to lose twice, I think, for this to even have Alabama have a chance, I think. Ohio State would have to lose. Clemson would have to lose. I think through the top four has to lose for Alabama to get back into this, which the chances of that are not very good. LSU should win out. Ohio State should win out. Clemson definitely should win out. Then it's a toss-up. It's Oregon or Utah. Whoever wins that matchup in the Pac-12 championship or however it works should be in. Minnesota only gets in if they win the conference championship. That's, I mean, sorry, Minnesota. That's the only way it's going to happen. There's no way. There's, this should be a year where not... Not, wow. This should be here that there should be at least one represent from four of the five power conferences. 
because Notre Dame is obviously not going to take a spot this year with the two losses. And there's no other team that could run up and take it away. You have maybe Oklahoma or Baylor. Baylor, if they stay undefeated, makes an interesting case. They'd have to be Oklahoma this weekend and then also win Big 12 championship game. That will make it interesting. But if you have one, if you have four undefeated of the Power 5 teams winning their conferences and winning straight out, not having a loss, those are the ones in. The only issue you would have is maybe you make an argument if it's Baylor versus Oregon or Utah to be that number four spot because what conference do you consider harder based on what they've done? So that's where the only controversy would come in. So based on that, no Alabama in the college football playoff. Everyone just take a moment to understand what I just said. Alabama should not be in the college football playoffs. For the first time ever. Thank you. God of NCAA football. Thank you. Thank you for allowing it for once. For once Saban's deal with little Debbie Devil. Because, I mean, come on. We all know there's some deal there. To not let Alabama, hopefully, this is not going to happen. Alabama's going to somehow sneak in. But hopefully, fingers crossed not make the college football playoff. Because if there's a team that I, for some reason, just undeniably dislike more than even like the New England Patriots in football or the New York Yankees in baseball, it's Alabama in college football over the past, like, 10 years. It just, their run is ridiculous. It makes zero sense of how they are this good all the time with college football kids who you don't know how they're going to be at all when they go into these big type situations because high school to college football especially when you're going from high school even if it's big to tuscaloosa lsu alabama it's a whole different ballgame so here's hoping right i think we can all agree on that but that's college football playoff rankings for this week obviously things can shift this weekend will provide not much in the way of the top few teams really changing because you got Alabama versus Mississippi State, who was a joke this year. Didn't think they would be, but they are. You got Ohio State facing Rutgers as 52-point favorites. Clemson's favored by 34.5 over Wake Forest. Georgia-Auburn is the one game that you have to look at as the potential to shake things up because besides that, Minnesota should be Iowa. LSU should definitely be Ole Miss. Oklahoma Baylor. That's it. That's the game. There's two games. Sorry, I was wrong. There's two games that could really shape how next week might look. Oklahoma Baylor and Georgia Auburn. Those are your game changer games this week. So we'll just have to see how they go. My guess is they'll go exactly how we think, which means... Baylor will be out of the whole conversation in general, and then Oklahoma might slip back in. But again, we'll see. Speaking of seeing, it's time to see and not see, because you you don't see them, but time to speak to our good buddy Paul. That is right. It's a time for another week. It's a time. I'm Italian apparently right now. It's time for another week of Paul's Pylon. And don't forget, Paul's Pylon is brought to you by who? Best Bud CBD. When you or your pet are looking to take the edge off of life and anxiety, check out Best Buds CBD. Go to www.bestbudscbd.com slash hashtag 12oucesports.com to get all your CBD needs. They got gummies. They got dog treats. They got all you need to take and relax and just chill out for a bit. That's again, Best Bud CBD. Go check them out. And when you do, make sure you check them out at www.bestbudscbd.com slash hashtag 12oucesports.com. Now it's time for some Paul's Pylon. Let's go. Paul's Pylon. 
That is right. It is Paul's Pylon. And like I said in my intro, temperatures have been dropping in Massachusetts, but this man is as hot as they come. It is Paul. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing great, Greg. It is a little bit chilly here in uh, wonderful studios down in the south coast of Massachusetts. I was going to say, do you forget where you live? You're so hot, your brain's fried. You know, after this little weekend spitting of snow, we had more snow than pretty much anywhere. Still snow out there today. I think Colorado and places like that may have well, had more. Anywhere, snow. I mean in the local vicinity. Oh, in the okay. local forecast. Yeah, <laughs> For all of you listening locally. <laughs> yeah. I understood about exactly what he meant by saying we might have had more snow than anybody. All right. You're right. Yeah. You are so correct. I have to think more globally. <laughs> you do. Come on, Paul. We are heard around the world. You remember the Philippines? You can't forget the fan base. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And the bobsled team? Yeah, exactly. They felt the rhythm. They felt the rhyme. Get on up. It's time for Paul's pile on time. I like it. I like it. I, I like it. Good All right. Man. So what is on the docket for this week, Paul? So we're going to talk about some players that played. Like, hey, girl, what up? Who are you? Not that kind of player. Oh, okay. Professional sport athletes that played two of the four major American sports. So guys that are still technically, okay, girl, what up? How you doing? <laughs> I love your voices. Thank you. You're welcome. Except I know there's an honorable mention that definitely never said those words at all. Yeah, probably not. That's a good Christian boy. There you go. <laughs> as you just did the sign of the father. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even think. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit blanked on it for a second. Yeah. There you go. I go to church. Totally. How come he, he kneels down and it's okay? Oh, I mean, we don't need to get into that. Well, clearly he, it isn't because he's not playing anymore. Well, yeah. But we'll get but, to him. Hey, but what's this? Kaepernick, hey, he could be with the team in the next week or two. Well, if everybody doesn't stop getting hurt, they're going to be forced into it. I mean, there's dumb. He's. I'll talk about him more after our segment. It's in my NFL thing afterwards where I talk about him. But real quick, there's definitely plenty of quarterbacks in the league currently that he's better than without playing for three years. One of them is the starting for Chicago. How's he How's he keeping up? I mean, is he... I mean, like any other quarterback that's looking for a job, they work out, they do throw drills, stuff like that. Yeah. In the yeah. I mean, there are guys, think about the guy, I forget, I think it was his last name is Johnson or something last year. The Redskins <laughs> literally picked up, threw into the starting role because they needed a quarterback. He hadn't played for eight years or something like that in the NFL. Yet somehow they thought he was a better option than the guy who had only been like a year out of the league. Well, yeah, a, lot of, exactly. a lot of debate over that whole situation. But... I will talk about that later. We're here to talk about multi-sport athletes and players. So, um, four four guys, and uh, we'll start with Deion Sanders. Primetime. Deion Sanders first signed with the New York Yankees. And mm -hmm. then he actually went and played for the Braves and the Falcons. Yeah. He's amazing. I would say yes. And so claim to fame, winning two Super Bowls, two different yeah, teams. I think, I think that plus he played he played in a World Series as well. Yeah. He didn't so, win the World Series, but he played in it. He's he's got to be a pretty strong athlete, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I remember there was a 30 for 30 about him where I think he had to actually travel from a game to like Atlanta for a World Series game. And then play in that. So that's, you know, it's pretty impressive and very hard to do, I would think, time management-wise. Right, and, and and be healthy and eat right and have your body in tip-top shape. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> looked, fact, like he, he, he looked like he was a mess. <laughs> the fact, yeah, the fact that a guy in, in the 90s more so than anything, because I know some of these are, most of these are 80s, 90s, but the fact he was so into the 90s and teams were still allowing him to play two professional major league sports is astounding. Amazing. And and the chance of getting hurt and signing, you know, two contracts, getting paid. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Luckily, he went with the smart choice and stayed in the NFL because 
Well, he obviously had a Hall of Fame career. He wasn't going to have that as a baseball player. He was talented enough, not talented enough to be a Hall of Famer. But he made the go, go along to get along, and 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 he he did make the right choice and uh, made the uh, 49ers and the Cowboys pretty happy. Yeah, and I think the Ravens. I mean, he played for like he was basically a hired assassin. I feel like he went to a team that had a good chance for multiple years. And then he would just move on. I mean, it was Falcons, Niners, Cowboys, Ravens. I feel like there was one other team. I'm not quite sure, though. It may have been just so sore. Excellent player. Um, deserves all the accolades. Next player I have, um, kind of a, a on, on the fence, maybe sort of kind of, Michael Jordan. You never say Michael Jordan is on the fence. That man is a legend. He's a legend in basketball. He did yeah. sign... He signed a major league contract and played in 127 minor league games. Does it count also that he played intergalactic basketball in Looney Tune Land? It's technically a different sport because he was able to stretch his arms and he had to play against aliens. That That's true. But no, it doesn't count. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, we'll I think ch- you should check Wait, the records again. We'll Go to the Wikipedia page. Does he need an asterisk? Yeah, check the Wikipedia page. I'm pretty Maybe sure it it's NBA career, minor league career, intergalactic Looney Tune career. Like, I think it technically counts, so he's not on the fence. He's a definite, he might be considered a three-sport athlete. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you are in love with Michael Jordan. Uh, no, I just love Space Jam as a child. <laughs> And bugs. I believe I can fly was a fire soundtrack. We just can't talk about it anymore because R. Kelly wrote it and sang it. Oh God, that's a mess. Exactly. Anyway, so Michael <laughs> played minor league baseball. 127 games. That's and pretty impressive. It is. Not good he enough didn't, to. Uh, he didn't play at the same time. No. Obviously, as his NBA, he did that abrupt, sudden. I'm retiring. I'm going to play baseball. Shocking the world. Right. I mean, the fact he came back after playing 127 games and realized he was much better at basketball and then won three more championships, even more impressive. So impressive. Bo Jackson. (laughs) Great, great, great great segue. I love my segues. (laughs) Your segues. Our, de- our professional as professional can be. <laughs> it's almost like it's scripted. Yeah, it's like you just completely stopped listening. And just I, I know. I, I, I was waiting for you to say it. I was okay. waiting for one of those words I could glom onto. There we go, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, again, another player drafted by the Yankees. 1992. He ended up playing for the Royals. Absolutely, but when the Yankees drafted him in 92, he decided to go to Auburn and play football. Good choice. Good choice. So I knew Heisman, I knew. Heisman winner. Um, then he gets drafted by the Buccaneers. Um, goes to uh, the Kansas City Royals, the Raiders. And he is a professional athlete who played on the All-Star team in two professional sports. Yeah, he is. If it wasn't for injuries, he may have been... He may have been a Hall of Famer potentially in both sports. He was just that good. I mean, he had uh, what was what was it called? The game that the it vibrated. Tecmo Bowl. Is that what it was? Did you ever Check have that? Tecmo Bowl. Is that what it was called? Tecmo Bowl. Like, <laughs> bowl. Yeah, it was like the players on the field and the, the the thing vibrated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The little football thing. Yeah, and they he all was, ran up the field. He was fantastic. He was like a cheat code in that, even though you couldn't really calculate what was going to happen. <laughs> that was uh, probably somebody thought of that game. They said, "Let's." <laughs> somebody put thinks a, of every game. Well, let's put a bunch of figures on here and put a quarter in the machine. The thing vibrates, and they just all kind of scatter, depending on how level the room is and where the where the field is. Yeah, unless you have Bo Jackson, he just like ran a straight line and scored every time it seemed. Yeah, there you go. I never had game, that. Game. I definitely watched as like a three-year-old. What'd you tell me? Tecmo Bowl? Yeah, it's Tecmo Bowl. It's like T-E-C-M-O, something like that. Okay. 
All right. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you on that one. Bo, I mean, Greg knows kind of like Bo knows. Bo knows. Bo knows best. You know who else knows? This is a segue. (laughs) Uh, Hit hit me with this. I know who you're going to say and it's a Nobody's going to know this name, so the segue is fantastic. There are people, you have some fascinating fans, and I believe they'll know Gene Conley. Okay. Who's Gene Conley? Gene Conley played for the Boston Braves. He played his last year in Major League Baseball for the Red Sox. Then he moved on to the Boston Celtics, where he was a center and a forward and won two NBA championships. Did he contribute much to those championships, do you think? Well, he did keep the seat warm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but did Paul Lonigan or Greg Cowan <laughs> do that? Do we play two NBA sports, two professional sports? Does Xbox count? Because no. I am an all-star in every single game I've ever played on that. <laughs> I am a very skilled mobile quarterback in Madden. I am a ridiculously tall center with three-point range out the wazoo in NBA. And when they still made good MLB games and ones that worked with Xbox, I was a 70-plus home run guy. I assume none of those count, though. <laughs> Thank they, you. Don't count. they don't count. They don't well, count. That's disappointing. I, I, you no. know what? You got to give the guy credit. There aren't a lot of other people that did what he did. Nope. Only three others. And yep. one of them you said was on the fence. Well, I kind of... Well, well, we'll talk about that in a second. And then, of course, Tim Tebow. He's the honorable mention, I believe you said. Yeah, he's the only one. Or are we going to throw him in with this group? Well. He could he, make the major leagues one day. If the one Mets day he could. Want, if they want he, a cash grab. So so he is in, he, he's in honorable mention and he could move into the fifth slot. Yeah. If ever, if ever he gets to play one game. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't, but we're just considering him because, well, he was that good at basketball. Yep. That he counts. So I think, I think. Tim Tebow's in there, and you know, there's there's a bunch of other guys that were offered contracts that went one way or the other way. Um, that's they didn't actually play. So these are some pretty talented athletes that deserve the recognition. They are now, Paul. In your professional sports knowledge opinion, I think we should go through. I mean, I don't know what's so funny about that, but <laughs> let's go through and rank these guys one through five of who are the best. Multi-sport athletes, starting with your worst. My worst, I'm giving. Oh, this is we'll going to tip you. We'll just reveal. This is, we'll is going to tip one. you over, and I'm not saying they were a bad athlete. I'm saying they didn't actually play in the major league game. So I'm giving that to Michael Jordan number four. You mean I'm not. Five. Oh, my ranking, in? Tim. Yeah, we're throwing Tim in. Tim Tebow's number five. Okay, thank God. All right, Tim's number five. Okay, Tim's number five for you. And, and, oh, yeah, Tim's number five, and of course Michael Jordan's number four, because they both okay. played professional but in the minor leagues. Yeah, all right. Who's your number three then? Gene Conley. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> Are we close? I, I'll give you mine after you give me your final two. All right, um, and then Bo Jackson, and then Deion Sanders. All right. One. Well, I completely disagree with you. I'm just going to let you know that right off the bat. This is what this is for, though. This is like, it's like the this first This is what take. we do. Undisputed. It's like all those other shows. We're just going to yell back I, and I'm forth. Writing, I'm, really. I'm, I'm jotting down what you're saying, so go ahead. All right. So my number five is going to be Tim Tebow. Oh, no. okay. No, Tim Tebow. Because, well, he's a terrible minor league player. He wasn't that great of a football player in the NFL either. He won one playoff game. We'll give him that. But overall... College was his time to shine. He didn't even play f- baseball then. He just played football. So Tebow's number five. Gene Connolly is number four for me. Nice. I looked at his stats. He was a under 500 pitcher, and he averaged less than five points and rebounds and all of that in the NBA. So essentially, he did nothing to contribute in either sport professionally. So then I'm going to go Michael Jordan number three. Hey, you know who gets a Super Bowl ring on the Super Bowl winning team? The place i don't know who are you gonna say everybody yeah i know i understand everybody this. contributes well guess what he has two nba championships you know who number three has how many he has he has six and that is why michael jordan is my number three even though he technically never made it to the majors he signed a major league contract so therefore 
He signed two major league I, sport contracts. I can and when you see win that. six nat not national championships, you win six NBA championships, and you're the GOAT basketball player of all time. You mean like the GOAT in football? No, he didn't play two sports. Anyway, when you're the GOAT basketball player of Who's all he? time. He? Can I finish? Can I finish? Okay, go ahead. You're just not going to say his name. Go ahead. No. So as I'm saying again, NBA championships, six of them. Six. That's why he's the GOAT. That's why he's the best. But he's third on my list. He's really, really good in one sport. Yeah. So therefore, he beats Gene. Gene was subpar in two sports. Give me the great in one, minor league in the other. Okay. All right. Top two. So you had Dion at number one. Well, I was ranking the two professional sport yeah, players. Yeah, you do you. Do okay, you, you, I, I did mine. You do yours. Yeah. This is how lists work. Everybody has an opinion. That's right. Welcome they to the world. all stink. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Keep a PG. Jeez. Anyway, I, I'm now going based off pure talent, the final two, where I'm going to go with Dion as my number two, Hall of Fame cornerback. I get it. Won two Super Bowls. But when you think of two-sport athlete, two-sport generational talent, guy that would have changed the games if not for injury, you think Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, to me, is the epitome of two-sport athlete, and I think most would consider that the same. Deion Sanders is a very close second. Yes, he played in a World Series. He's played in Super Bowls. He's prime time. He is as good as they come. But nobody knows Bo and is better than Bo. So therefore, Bo Jackson's my number one. Shake your head all you want. This is radio. This is radio. Well, so being an athlete, part of being an athlete is being in tremendous shape and not getting hurt. I mean, Bo Jackson was in tremendous shape. He had a degenerative hip issue. Well, you know, that's... You are what you eat. He should have eaten better. You are what you eat. He is a peak <laughs> physical athlete. You are what you, what do you eat? Oh God, I'm a mess. I couldn't exactly. play one professional sport. I can barely go to one. You'd be on the IR with gout. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. I'd be Thanks on it with that, asthma. I'm going to come up with a fun fact. Yeah, I would. I would. I would be out with asthma. It's fine. All right. All right. Sure. All right. I can, I can, I can listen. You're wrong, but I can, I can see where you're going with it. I mean, I'm right, but you know, By the one, way, one of you us can't take, somebody you, a segment. You can't take away anything from any one of these guys. No, you can't, except maybe Gene. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> I think probably many athletes could have done it. And I think two of these people got their shot at baseball because of their Who fame. Yeah. So, I think Deion Sanders actually, I mean, two of them got drafted. So I, I think they deserve it. Bowen and Dion. I think Michael Jordan, they wouldn't have given the time of day if he wasn't Michael Jordan. No, but plain and simple, you will never see a professional athlete ever, ever again play two professional sports like Bo at did. the same time. No, just at the same oh, time. Well, now they their contracts won't let them. Yeah, exactly. So, unless that it was like, unless it was like ping pong and tennis or something. I don't even know if that. I mean, maybe just, just technically like Mookie Betts maybe could get away with it with bowling. He was a heck of a bowler. He is a heck of a bowler, but he's like well, the yeah. only one that won't. You could you could break a thumb in bowling. You could. You could throw out your back. Yeah, I mean, it's all you, things I've had happen. Because I'm could, such a good bowler. You could, you could throw out your back just getting out of bed. Drop the ball on my foot. You know, that's how I how I roll. Oh. My ball rolls into the next guy's look, lane. Dad jokes over here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So those you have are any the dad jokes? I do, but we're not gonna we're not gonna go through dad. I will, okay. This will take about seventeen more hours to get through dad jokes. Hey, knock knock. Oh God, who's there? 
Dontel. <laughs> what? Dontel. Dontel who? Dontel any dad jokes. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so Paul, you know what's happening this weekend? <laughs> Look at my segue. I did one of yours. Oh, that's good. But yes, indeed, I do know, and I'm pretty excited about it. What's happening this weekend? Uh, I am putting up my Christmas tree. Yeah, no, okay, that's not what I was getting at. I was oh, getting no? at the Patriots and the Eagles are playing each other. Oh, that other event, the Patriots-Eagles yes. game. Yeah, you know, because this is a sports show and not a holiday Christmas show. Everything's about holiday and Christmas. Yeah, with your family, I know. Anyway, so since the Patriots and the Eagles are playing, I figured friendly wager. Okay. I, I friend, can... Friendly wager, simple. No drinking, no anything like that. Oh, that I couldn't anyway. The loser's team will have to read a love letter, essentially written by the winner's team, about the winning team. So we won't get if, we won't get too personal. So if the Patriots win, I have to read a letter you're going to write about the Eagles and how wonderful they are. Reverse what you said. If the Patriots win, like you just said, I oh, that's will. Right. I would need to read a love letter you wrote about the Patriots out loud. <laughs> I can't even do the bet right. Therefore, if the Eagles win, you would have to read a love letter I write about the Eagles and how bad the Patriots are. All right. And you know, oh, wait a minute. You just you just snuck that how bad the Patriots are in there. I think you agreed already. So we're good. So, all right. All right. Oh, it was great. It was a great scene. We've got we've to keep it above board. we got to keep it nice. Yeah, no, it'll totally... Not be nice. Anyway, so deal? Deal or no deal? No soup for you. Yes, it's a deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, how, how, how many 50 words? 50 words or less. 50 words. Are, okay. So, I mean, if that's what you want, I, it might get really bad really quickly. <laughs> Knowing you. Do you know more than like seven words about the Patriots and what to say about them besides just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick best? Like, I feel like that's all I'll just be saying. <laughs> no, I I have some things to say about the Eagles, too. Oh, OK. Well, I, I can't wait to not read them. You know, mine is all going to be full of puns and fun things. Yeah. And you're going to be downright mean. Yep. All right, so it's you know what? It's terrible to be jealous. Through the interweb handshake deal. Fist people can't see, oh, oh people, I, I see what you're doing. It. Yeah, people can't I see it, see, but we're I see what you're doing there. Oh yeah, it's very nice of you. The middle the one finger handshake salute. Yep. The military knows it well. I think that was very well cleaned up. Yep. <laughs> All right. Good for you. We have a bet. We gave some great information and facts and rankings to the people. Pretty good Paul's pile on this week, I'd say, Paul. I think so. I think we had a uh, good conversation about uh, four and a half great athletes. Yeah. Tim, Gene, Michael, kind of all make up that half. They sound like Gene, Gene and Bo. They sound like a dance troupe. The Gene Bo Brigade? There you go. There you go. All <laughs> right. <laughs> that wraps it up for this week. Any parting words? No, it's it's nice. We're cruising out of another freezing cold Friday and into a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend, and I can't wait to uh, get back on the sports dancing. So you're going to say like something cocky and be like, can't wait to celebrate the Patriots win the next week. Well, you know, that will be a – what time is the game? I don't know. Is it televised where you live? Yeah, I live in Massachusetts. I have to physically watch every Patriots game and oh, that's how it goes. once in a while. There you go. I like it. I like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? That's it. We're done here. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on. No problem. All right. Great show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Paul's Pylon. All right, another great Paul's pylon, and we're going to get into some NFL, and if we have a minute or so left, a quick NBA note. But before any of that, we're going to do a quick ad for Seat Giant. Seat Giant is the place you go to get all your best sporting event and concert ticket needs. And when you go there, make sure you put in the code 12OUNCESPORTS to get an even better discount. You're not only getting a great deal already, but when you use that code, 
you get an even better deal with Seat Giant. Again, for all your sporting events, concert, ticket needs, whatever you need, make sure you go to Seat Giant. All right, so let's get into some NFL talk. We're not going to have a lot of time. We have about 10 minutes left on the show. So, you know, we're not going to focus on how last week I thought the Lions were going to beat the Bears. Or, you know, how, hey, I did say Seattle-San Francisco was going to be a great game. We're not going to talk about any of that. And we'll get into my must-watch upset, lock it in, in just a minute or so. But first, let's address the elephant in the NFL room, Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday. Or should I say tomorrow? Because it's Friday, so. Colin Kaepernick on Tuesday was informed by the NFL he would be able to have a workout for all the NFL teams Saturday in Atlanta. A day that most teams, coaches, and GMs are either traveling or getting ready for the game the following day. Very weird. The weirdest thing about it, though, I will say, is the media came out basically saying the NFL last week said to them, hey, next Tuesday, be ready. We have a big announcement, big thing coming. Clearly, they were referencing the Kaepernick thing. Why is this weird? Well, reps for Kaepernick, Kaepernick himself, nobody was informed about this until Tuesday. They had no idea it was coming. They had no idea this was a thing. Coaches, nobody. So why would the league basically tell the media, be ready a week out and not inform the parties that were going to be involved? It's a little shady. It's a little weird. Colin Kaepernick, though, is going to get an opportunity to try out for these teams, not on a Tuesday like normal guys would, not privately, but basically like he's a college athlete performing for everybody. It's a pro day, essentially. He'll get interviewed. He'll have to show he can make throws. More than likely, though, I honestly believe a team will sign him. I think everybody's passed the whole kneeling situation. Everybody's passed all of that. Now, though, it's off a talent, and can you still play the game? It's been three years. Honestly, he can't be any worse than Peterman or Chase Daniel or a bunch of these other backups. No offense to Chase Daniel. I mean, he's plenty good backup, but... Colin Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick had Pro Bowl seasons. He's clearly a, still a very good athlete. You gotta assume he's better than most of these backups. He might be better than the starter in Chicago. So I have no doubt that if a team at least sees anything, a resemblance of the player he once was, wouldn't be shocked if he signed. Stephen A. Smith himself said he wouldn't be shocked if in the next two weeks a team does not sign him. As of the moment, we have been told at least 13 teams plan on sending somebody to at least go look. Those teams are the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Browns, the Broncos, Lions, Dolphins, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Bucks, Redskins, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Plenty of teams that could use a good backup. Plenty of teams that have a quarterback who is somewhat mobile at least. That if they went down, Kaepernick could step in and the offense shouldn't miss that much of a beat. So it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting way this developed. It's on a Saturday, like I said, not being informed. Apparently, Colin Kaepernick was given two hours to make the decision of yes or no, I'm going to do this. So a lot of weird moving parts, a lot of shady business. But it's the NFL. They're trying to get this black cloud over Goodell's legacy, which it's still going to be there. They're trying to get all of it, though, to be seen like everybody's Simpatico, I guess is the word I'm going to use right now. Don't know why that's the word that came out, but it is. So yeah, be interesting to see. Hugh Jackson's going to run it. Kind of a bad sign for Colin Kaepernick. But hey, you take what you can get. Am I right? Speaking of taking what you can get, let's get into the must-watch, upset-watch, and lock-it-ins of the week. Like I said last week, I picked the Lions over the Bears. I really did not know Stafford wasn't going to play. This week, though... We'll go with my locket, upset, and then my must to end it before I try to get in a minute, a minute of NBA talk because big news last night, guys. We'll get to that, though. So my locket in for the week. Take the Vikings. They are favored by 10 currently over the Denver Broncos. Simple. Broncos are playing with a new quarterback. Guy that has had one game, maybe two, I forget. One game at least. He was decent. 
hasn't faced a defense quite like the Vikings. Vikings defense has played very well. They're coming off a huge win against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. That team's got to be feeling good. They're also just, in general, way better than the Broncos. So give me the 10 points. Give me the Vikings. My upset. We dabbled with it in Paul's pylon. I'm going with my heart and not my gut. Eagles over the Patriots. Eagles are home. Advantage there. That's about it. The Eagles, logically looking at the teams, shouldn't win this game. But I think they do. I think they find a way. And, yeah, Patriots get a second loss. Nobody saw that coming. People start talking about Wentz as MVP since, you know, they did after Lamar beat the Patriots. So if you beat the Patriots, I think you automatically enter MVP talk. But also, he won't be with, he'll probably be without Alshon Jeffrey and definitely Deshaun Jackson. So that should be fun and interesting to watch. I might, I, I'll probably cry. Don't worry. I'll be fine. Anyway, must watch. This was easy. Texans, Ravens, two of the hottest young quarterbacks in the game, on the rise, year after year. Last year, these guys were top 15 quarterbacks this year. They're in the top 10, even top 5. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, they had a great duel in college when it was Clemson, Louisville. Hopefully, that magic can be recreated on Sunday. It should be a great match. Both these guys are elusive quarterbacks who can make plenty of throws, plenty of runs. Who's going to make the most plays? That's what we're going to be looking for. That's what we're all excited to see. Can they both throw for 200 yards and rush for 200 yards in the same game? That would be incredible. It's not going to happen, but it'd be incredible. So we'll just see. Which young gun comes out of this looking, I guess, like the MVP? You can make an argument for both at this point. But that's it. So again, real quick. Lock it in. Vikings favored by 10 over the Broncos. Eagles upset the Patriots. And you got to watch Ravens, Texans. You definitely don't have to watch Bears, Rams, Sunday Night Football. Unless that got flexed out. I don't know. I haven't checked. Nope. Still Sunday Night Football. You don't have to watch Sunday Night Football this week. Bears, Rams is going to be awful. At least they flex next week. Anyway, so that's the NFL. That's what I got it done quick. Just went through, boom, 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 plus Kaepernick. All right, so last, definitely not least, huge, huge NBA news last night. Only huge, though, if like you're a super NBA fan or if you're just a mellow fan. Carmelo Anthony, his time in purgatory in the NBA is over. Trailblazers have signed him. That is right. You're going to have Dame time, mellow time, white side, and C.J. McCollum on the same team. That's actually kind of a scary lineup. If Melo can look any somewhat decent like he does in all those gym videos over the summer, it's going to be fun to watch. That team will definitely have a second string lineup that once Dame and McCollum need a break can still score. I mean, that's what, Melo doesn't play defense. He just scores. So it'll be fun to watch. I think it'll be interesting to see how they integrate him. See if he still has, you know, I guess, the skill to play. Time will tell. If he at least can be 80% of what he used to be in New York, it's going to work out for the Trailblazers. Besides that, though, that, that was it for the NBA. Paul George came back from his double shoulder surgery. That's a tongue twister. But, hey, he came back. Clippers, though, didn't look so great. Or they didn't look great. They lost. That's about it. I don't know why I said they didn't look great. They still put up 120-something points, but they lost because they gave up 130-something. Besides that, Thursday night football, Browns may have a wild card chance because they have an easy schedule, and if they can keep playing like they're playing, it'll be interesting to watch. We'll see. That's it, though. That's all I got for you. Baker Mayfield is Baker Baker, the touchdown maker. Once again, we can get off his back for another week and all the amazing commercials that he does. But again, that's it for the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a good weekend. Enjoy whatever you're doing. My name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.